How was Christmas, boys? Great. It's yeah, good. It's a good time. You traveled, Chad. Yeah. Well, we spent Christmas Day right after the services um, with just me, my wife, and Ledger, our son. Mm-hmm. And then Tuesday, right after Christmas Day, we went to um, my wife's family's. Um, Where are they located? In Indiana, right over the Ohio border. How long a trip Kinda is that? Kind of close to Cincinnati. Four hours? Five? Four and a half hours, okay. give or take. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, with He's a so, small kid, it's probably... Yeah, definitely four and a half hours. Give. <laughs> give him more time than it would take. It's, yeah, it's closer to four hours without him. Yeah. But yeah. He saw his uh, two younger, or, uh, older cousins. Um, he's the little cousin running around learning from them. Yeah, a lot of fun. Good. It was a Merry Christmas. And you guys hosted? Yeah, on Christmas Day on we Christmas did. Day. Yeah, Brandy's family. This was... My first Christmas Eve at home in 15 years, Christmas evening, yeah. Christmas Eve evening. Um, and I was excited for that, but it turned out I was very tired <laughs> from <Yeah>. morning <laughs> services. I was like, oh, it's going to be so great. And we get home, make gingerbread house and a cookie. And I was like, where's my pillow? I need a blanket, please. <laughs> so don't, no one talk to me. Um, how, was, how was your Christmas Eve evening at home? Because it's probably been some time for you guys as well. It's been, actually, that was my first one. Yeah, ever? I think ever. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Growing up, we always had Christmas Eve services. Oh, we had a, right, yeah. we always we had Christmas cantatas. So it was like a I remember those choir concert, yeah, slash sing along slash candles slash all of that, yeah. So I I yeah, and I that might have been the first Christmas Eve I didn't have plans. Yeah, what did you do? I took a nap. <laughs> <laughs> no, my my family they came to the first service on Christmas Eve, and then they went down to her uh, Brandy's dad's house and just did games and stuff all day and hung out on Christmas Eve. And so they didn't get home actually till late or later in the day. So you were home alone. I was home alone for a little while. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Just like the movie. Just like the I movie. Was. <laughs> I got home and Marvin Harry there trying to <laughs> take your stuff. Yeah. I love it. We watched that movie, I don't know, a hundred times over the Christmas season because Henry loves it. And it's one of the few movies he will actually sit down ish and watch the whole way through. Oh yeah. Nice. He loves it. Yeah. And I was looking at or listening to some of the dialogue and they cannot wait to get into this house to steal like VCRs <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, I guess they steal phones now. Is that what Marvin Harry would steal? Like what would they get? I know. From the house. Like we've got we have a TV, but it's too I know. large to and it wasn't that expensive. Like yeah. my brother in law comes over, um, Every holiday, and he's like, "Yeah, TV's so." He has the same size TV in his basement. He's like, "Your TV's huge. It just looks big <laughs> in the room, and it's a large TV. It's just, it was seventy five inches. Uh, it is seventy five inches. It, it was, it's <laughs> shrinking shrink. as it gets older. <laughs> we all do. <laughs> we all do. But it was like six hundred dollars <laughs> for this TV. Yeah, which I mean, years ago, if you wanted a a fifty inch yeah plasma, they're like, listen." You need five grand. <laughs> like, yeah. It's going to be expensive. <laughs> but like, alone. <laughs> I thought about that. I looked around our house and I'm like, what would Marvin yeah. Harry get? Yeah, nothing our in our place. house. Jewelry. Yeah. Maybe guitars. Maybe they take they, our, uh, guitars. I have some our yeah. Nintendo Switch. If they know the value of those. Right. Yeah. They would probably grab the, the wrong one. 
the three iPads. <laughs> right. Henry's three. Well, <laughs> Henry only has one that's worth anything. The other oh, ones okay. are like 12 yeah. years old. Yeah. They're, like, they're VTech. It, the one iPad keeps saying, like, there's a software update. And I'm like, you can't handle it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, the software is 13 of your 16 gigs right now. Like, you can barely run YouTube. <laughs> I feel so out of date. And I'm like, let it go. <laughs> like, yeah. you're lucky we're still powering you up. Um, yeah. Such a different such a different time. Uh, be funny for them to steal then it, <laughs> is, is this home like our home robberies is that like a thing of the past i don't know i don't know no, it's still people it, are still yeah people the holidays, it, it still, still exists yeah. yeah it, it would it's have not, to but i, I mean the neighborhoods we live in it would well i bet even in any neighborhood it just has to i mean well i shouldn't say any neighborhood but yeah everybody in our neighborhood there's like, always has gonna like, be jewelry right things like that or do people I wonder how jewelry stores stay open still. I don't know. Are any of you Who's in buying this stuff? <laughs> I'm blown away. I'm just. I don't know how all these mattress stores still exist. Who's going to all these mattress stores? Me. I, I buy <laughs> me. me every other week. I'm Keeping like, this will fix my back. <laughs> yeah. Pretty sure it's a mafia front. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. And you do. You walk in and there's typically one employee at the mattress store yeah. yeah and they're mad you're there this has been my experience <laughs> like i've walked in and, and the thing goes ding 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 and they're like oh, you want <laughs> i'm like oh nothing now yeah. it, that whole th- mattress experience now they mail it to you in a box yeah and they're like listen you can try this for 100 nights <laughs> and if it doesn't work you you can send it back and Ugh. so we've done that how do you send a mattress back well turns out Someone picks it up and then they throw it away or they just let you keep it. I was going to say, you don't want, like, because I call somebody them, has tried the mattress you're using already for hundred nights. Well, how do you get it back in the Turn box? It. That's the biggest yeah. thing. Like yeah. this thing is vacuum sealed. Yeah. And by the world's most powerful shop vac, I'm assuming yeah. that, that, you know, and you put it on the bed, you slice it and they're like, listen, give it eight hours to, you know, reanimate mm. and get large and then you can try it out. And I think I have unloaded mattresses on you guys. Have I not? I still have one. <laughs> didn't I give you, didn't you have a mattress? You tried to give us one. I don't know if we took it though. I thought maybe. maybe I think he happened. ended up getting it. Okay. Maybe that's yeah. what it was. We ended up taking it. Yeah. It's still our mattress. I've given, well, good. Best mattress I've ever had. <laughs> I used it once. Our, our bed was given to us by you and my TV was given to us by my father-in-law. <laughs> that's right. Seven years ago. You have a smoker too. You just gave me a 46 sausages. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'll man. take whatever, man. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. I, I there was a period, you know, where I was burning through mattresses. But the same thing, like yeah. mattresses, it used to be like three, four thousand dollars for a mattress. Yeah, a couple grand for a decent mattress. Mm-hmm. Now yeah. they're like, listen, this thing is four hundred dollars and free delivery. Free delivery. Yeah. If you don't like it, one eight hundred junk will come and pick it up. Yeah, and get rid of it for you. And so we don't have any of the bed frame components anymore either, right? We're in a golden age of mattresses. Really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the golden age of mattresses. Once you write that down for a title. <laughs> oh, I'll remember that one. <laughs> Everybody knows it's the golden age right. of mattresses. <laughs> You're living in the best time in history. Do you understand that? You can order them. You can go to a store. That's what people come to us for. Right. There's a store on every corner. There's a store on every corner. Yeah. Jewelry. Yeah, you don't wear jewelry, do you guys? Do your no. wives? Does your wives like Rachel and has jewelry? Like but whole, like even like men, like 
don't even wear wedding bands really we wear these silicone bands yeah now. that's what mine is um i bought four of these from walmart for 99 cents yeah i leave one in my car one here at the church yeah and wear one and one's at home in case i forget it i can just throw it on but yeah i don't chad you're in tune with the, the youth yeah what are the kids like is jewelry a thing no i know kids i guess kids don't usually have never had jewelry i guess i yeah. don't know uh i would say like my generation is more into rings a lot of guys wear multiple rings mm. i see that yeah that's um, true and that was actually like suggested to me recently that you wear rings yeah it was like why don't you wear rings and that's that's around the time i went for the mustache i was like i want to change something up and i went for the mustache <laughs> especially when somebody was like you should wear multiple rings i was like i'm not gonna be that guy who said that to you I don't you don't have to name a name, but was, was this a student, a, a student, an adult? Was it a? It was a, an adult, yeah, an adult, a friend, yeah. okay. an employer, <laughs> an employer. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Who else are you working for, Jack Sparrow? It was you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you didn't listen, did you? No, I didn't listen. You but I am wearing. Didn't. I guess I'm it's multiple rings, rings too, like not just one. They said you need to wear multiple rings. Yeah, like. Uh, like Judah, who we've, we've had on the podcast, he wears like index finger rings. Oh, does he? Yeah, hmm. he's he no subjected himself to the millennial. Yeah, the trend messaging, <laughs> the trends. Okay, I'm too. I feel like I'm too old to wear multiple rings. Nor does it go with the rest of what I wear. Like I no. see your outfits. Yeah, you start wearing multiple rings. You're sending mixed signals. You're trying to cover too many groups. I think. <laughs> yeah, it, I think it, so. As far as fashion and trends go. Yeah. I don't know. I could see you wearing a chain. A chain, I would say there's, yeah. If you talk about the youth, that's still a thing. Yeah. Like you wear uh, outfits nice. that would be uh, enhanced perhaps by a chain. Yeah. Some type of gold chain. And there's smaller ones. It's not like um, flavor, flavor. Flavor, flavor. <laughs> <laughs> I suggest you wear a clock. <laughs> yeah. Like Jackson. That's a big uh, chain like brand right now is it the athletes and you know, okay. some celebrities will push they're like just really small gold chains like accent accents to your black shirts and stuff but yeah yeah there's a lot of youth pastors that will wear multiple rings yeah our sure. adorning should not be external mm. yeah the beauty of an inner quiet spirit that's just for ladies that's for the ladies for men it's rings <laughs> 2024 <laughs> is rings. rings. <laughs> We're living in the golden age of mattresses and rings. I yeah. uh, had let my uh, facial hair grow out a little bit. Yeah. And it was uh, about a few days ago. I decided to trim things up a little bit and uh, decided to trim it up uh, to a mustache and send it to uh, you two gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I started a trend. No, 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 no. It was uh, mocking. I was mocking. Me, is what I was doing. Oh, see, <laughs> I had to hold. What I was my trying comments. to do is I, I hurt Chad's feelings. <laughs> I wanted you to go. Wow, this really does look dumb. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> On him. <laughs> On him. Like, yeah, in my head, I was like, mine's great. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted you to see, like, when you, because you see me on a regular basis, if I showed up looking like that, it would be a little jarring for you. And I wanted you to feel what I have felt. <laughs> no, I just thought it was funny. Um, Here I am going, I'm finally the only one right. with a mustache and different facial hair. Yeah. Everybody else is now going to follow me. <laughs> right. And it's so easy for anyone to have that uh, immediately, that, that mustache. But I looked uh, terrible. But I went downstairs and would just, uh, <laughs> I 
walked downstairs and was just staring at Henry. And he, he started to back up a little bit. And he goes, wait, are you okay? <laughs> are you okay? Um, Starts crying. Yeah, it was, uh, he didn't care for it. Rick? <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and the hat, when I put the hat on, I felt like it completed the ensemble. There were about, I took about 15 or 20 photos. Um, and I couldn't figure out, do I want to look menacing? Do I want to smile and be happy? Hat, no hat. I spent more time on this photo. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I wanted you to you feel. went with Coach Nemeth. I went with Coach Nemeth, yeah. which I thought was, was good. Christmas, we had talked prior uh, about receiving gifts. Did you get anything that, that you would like to mention that was of value and uh, sentimental to you this year at all? I got noise-canceling headphones. Nice for yeah. for our, nice. for the kids for everybody. <laughs> yeah, parenting <laughs> mode off. <laughs> Cancel everybody. Out. They what are they like the the can ones like those or yeah oh yeah what uh, brand do you feel Sony like? Sony okay yeah they're nice, nice. Bluetooth was, yeah oh yeah I was surprised yeah I wasn't expecting it that's nice what do yeah. you use that for listening uh, to Smashing Pumpkins music yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. at home or will you do them at the gym. Uh, I won't use them at the gym. No, no, they're they're too nice to. I don't think they're even rated for sweat, so like you're not supposed to use them when you work out. I did not know they rated. Oh yeah, things for sweat. Electronics have water ratings, water resistance. Ratings. I don't know if I'm rated for sweat. <laughs> I feel like I do well. I know I sweat a lot. My body, yeah, my body doesn't seem to like exercise. It sweats a lot. <laughs> right. It's also a robbery. My skin too. cries when I exercise. <laughs> My body is telling me everything it can do. It's doing everything it can do to tell me to stop doing what I'm doing when I exercise. Okay. Yeah. So that's a that's a really nice gift. Who who got that for you? The fan? My bride. Oh, nice. It's lovely. My queen. Mm. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. Okay. New Year's resolution. Yeah. I'm going to start calling gonna her start that. start calling her the queen. <laughs> I like that. My queen. Did, you get, did you get anything? Yeah, I got a really nice cocktail smoker. What is that? It's a it's an actually like a little butane gun. Okay. So you just fill it up with butane gas and it's gold and brown and they use these on nice. chef shows, right? Yeah, you could use it as well for like cooking, but it's got five different um flavored wood chips. Nice. Too. So What are you nice, gonna use it for? Well we, I use, we use it for cocktails, for cocktails. over Christmas. You have to like oh, put nice. it like you put like a big glass dome and like put the smoke under it and oh, let it sit over okay. a cup. Yeah. There's, yeah. A, there's a wooden cup and you put the chips in and then you smoke the chips and put the cover over. Wow. And then you shake up the drink or yeah. Uh, again, you could use it for cooking too. Cooking. Yeah. Crème brûlée. Nice. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's okay. That's what gun. those are. Yeah. <laughs> nice. That's good. What was your ch- uh, ch- children's favorite gift? Um, I showed you guys. We got the nugget. Play did. did he enjoy that? Yeah. Oh yeah, it's been his favorite thing. Okay, but, good. Um, yeah, right before Christmas Eve services. No, the morning before Christmas Eve, my son got the stomach bug. Yeah. Sleeping in our bed, and then came home from Christmas Eve services and had to nurse him back to health. He was not feeling good, and he threw up all over the couch. No, oh, no, <laughs> all over the nugget. But what's nice about those is you can t- unzip and all the foam big blocks inside you can just remove. Zip it back up and throw it in the wash. So it's back to normal. Use code chat. <laughs> I'm not sponsored no. by that. Yet. Something that big. Yet. For 10% more. <laughs> That's right. But yeah, a lot of parents will know what that is. Yeah. I told Rachel couch. about it. We were looking at it. We 
thought that Henry might enjoy that. Yeah, Zach and Marissa are looking for their kids. Yeah. They're looking at a nugget couch. Nice. They're awesome. What about Oscar Veda, CC? Uh, CC wanted a power wheel. That was probably the strongest desire of all the kids. Yeah. So she got a power wheel. Nice. Very excited for that. And Christmas was a very warm day. What was she it? actually ride it. What, what kind of car? Uh, a frozen Jeep. Classic. Yeah, it's a Jeep. Yeah, so, it's good. Um, yeah, Veda got a camera uh, and a robot dog. Um, is it like is, the remote control Jeep that you can drive her in? No. Okay. I've seen those. Yeah. No. No, it's completely independent. Yeah. Yeah. Just use her feet. Yeah. Push yourself along. Yeah. Flintstone it. Yeah. Yeah. What about Oscar? Oscar, he just got, he just wants Legos and video games. So, yeah. He got some Lego sets and then a couple of video games. Yeah. For the Switch? Yeah. Nice. Henry's favorite, yeah. I think his f- the biggest reaction was a box of Lucky Charms. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> I know. Well, Henry's got, you know, food allergies and stuff. And, you know, yeah. part of what we done have done through functional medicine is try to <clears throat> tailor his diet, diet to help him out, you know, because he's on the spectrum and, like, these food dyes and all that stuff, a lot of what you read and a lot of what we've observed just with his behavior is that the worse he eats, the more challenging it is for him to focus and things like that. And so uh, we try to pull out some of that stuff, but he loves the the lucky charms because they're magically delicious. Mm -hmm. And uh, every time we go to the store, he asks, (laughs) he asks for them. And we're always like, no. And so I told Rachel, I'm like, let's just get a, box of lucky charms and just wrap it up and then let him eat lucky charms you know for breakfast until the box is gone and he opened it up and i mean it was the most joy i've ever seen on his face. <laughs> yeah it was really sweet have you tried the trader joe's lucky charms we haven't tried trader joe's specifically but we've done some we have a box of those right now yeah they're pretty good are they yeah are they more organic na- or natural i don't know what dyes they have in them but they're definitely very dull colored okay. compared to the real ones. <laughs> like we, we got them like, like, it looks like they're, you know, not artificial as artificial. Like the green yeah. comes from right. like pepper, green pepper. Yeah. 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 No, we haven't looked at those. We've tried a couple alternative ones. Um, at the end of the day, we're trying to get them, you know, more solid foods in the morning and stuff like that. Yeah. But for when school starts, it's just like, it's a battle. Yeah. You know, you got to eat breakfast. I'm right. not hungry. I want to play. And it's like, okay. So he's very excited about that. I'd say his favorite non-edible gift, uh, we got him these, you know, those dusters that people use, they, they are very soft on the one end and it's got a handle on it mm-hmm. and it's just a regular duster. Henry likes to build car washes and it's normally from our dining room chairs and uh, some squishy balls that we have to, we become engineers at home and some blankets. And so we bought him this 12 foot long, um, like almost like tent material tunnel and there are these streamers that hang every two feet for it's nine feet. I'm sorry, not 12 feet, nine feet. And, um, it looks like brushes on a car wash. And then we got some LEDs to put, um, in the car wash because all car washes have that. And we've got them this, these, um, dusters that spin automatically mm-hmm. because they look like brushes. Mm-hmm. So they could be the towel brush at the end. <laughs> and so we've, we had, I mean, for a week straight, we couldn't get to our, our garbage without taking an alternative route in the kitchen because the entire kitchen was taken up. But he really liked these spinny dusters. Well, when we got these, we thought, oh, we'll use them for, uh, you know, car wash brushes or a towel brush for this fake car wash. But people actually buy this thing to dust. 
But this thing's got to be cooking at, I don't know, I, I don't even know, maybe three, 400 RPM. Like, yeah. it's really spinning. I'm like, who dusts? Like, if I were to dust something, I would never go up to it and just start super fast, like, whipping it around. Yeah. I feel like that would throw yeah. more dust in the air. Uh, but people people do it. Yeah, and you can't dust like anything that's like delicate or no it's heavy duty knock it over yeah but i would say that was his favorite uh i did we did ask oscar what his favorite gift was and he said the harmonica he got nice (laughs) brandy got him like this dollar 99 harmonica like he's like a stocking stuffer yeah like almost you know (laughs) Didn't even think about it. Maybe he's a big blues trapper. And he played it all. He like played it all day. And said that was his favorite. Oscar has the blues. A real Bob Dylan. I didn't know. I had no idea. (laughs) That's good. Well, it was a wonderful Christmas, New Year's. You stayed up late, Mark. You said with the kids. We did stay up till midnight. Did you make it to midnight? I made it to midnight and watched Iron Man snap his fingers. Ooh, you did that thing. I did the thing. I've seen the thing. Yeah, it's pretty sweet resolutions did you guys make any this year that you like to you um, feel comfortable <laughs> well liz has to kind of be on a diet of sorts for yeah um, some fructose malabsorption that she's had so we have to do like no sugar no uh gluten no dairy so wow. we we're just going to incorporate that into our Every meals day. and everything yeah good so, for you. at least for january yeah so. Nice. Yeah, we'll try that out. Yeah, Mark, did you do? I didn't make any specific ones like I usually do. Yeah, um, nothing in particular. Yeah, you're nailing it already. I yeah, I'm. <laughs> I'm, I'm a well-oiled I, machine. Can I improve on this? <laughs> yes. I'll try next year. <laughs> a perfect ten is a perfect ten. <laughs> Nobody ever says perfect eleven. Get some vices this year to quit them next year. Well, I can help you out. <laughs> you should get into rings. <laughs> This poor stewardship and buy a bunch of get a haircut. That's my resolution. <laughs> oh, good. My oh, good. Well, why don't you talk a little bit go. about Sunday? Sunday, you wrapped up the Timothy sermon series, which come to find out was very long for people. <laughs> and everyone hated it. No, I'm kidding. I, well, I cracked a, I cracked Wait, a joke what? in the second no, service. Uh, I, I said, do you remember week one of this series? Cause it was talking about, he talked about sound doctrine in week one and it was talked about in in this chapter for this week. And in second service, I made this off the, off the cuff crack. Like, do you remember week one, four years ago? And mm. people responded people to it. People liked it. In fact, yeah. I got comments afterwards. Like we were just thinking like, this has been, you know, we've been in Timothy for a while, but I, it probably also had to do with the fact that people probably assumed Timothy was over after Christmas. Yeah. Maybe. They just didn't think, Oh, there is another chapter. And like, they didn't expect us to come back to yeah. it anymore. Cause we had gone through the Christmas season and all that. So, well, starting this week, I'm going to go back and we're doing Timothy again. Nice. I'm doing <laughs> Rerun. Now, gonna do I'm going to do the now what dot, 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 more <laughs> Timothy sermon series. <laughs> and then the, and That's this, right. Timothy leftovers. Yeah. We're going to go through all the verses <laughs> that we didn't start. Uh, so yeah, you wrap things up. You wrapped up the series. Uh, I thought it was a wonderful sermon. I watched it later on on sunday we didn't tune in uh in the morning sunday <clears throat> i was home and we decided to have a very lazy start to the day um but yeah i thought you did a wonderful job wrapping up uh, the series in that kind of last key ingredient of finishes well really set up this year and the timing like you talked about in the sermon of that particular a key ingredient was really 
uh, yeah. really good because it's a, the new year is always a time of reflection. Um, yeah. <clears throat> part of what I'm going to do this week is set a new theme uh, or share the new theme uh, for the church last year was live by the spirit. You know, we had a vision and a mission connecting people to Jesus, Jesus, worship, grow, serve and tell. And, uh, you know, we'll touch on the, the, the vision for a little bit on Sunday, but we're really going to, going to set up the new uh, theme for, for the year this year. Um, because it is a, it's always a time of reflection and looking and looking back and, it's funny because I do this, you know, it's always like, Oh, I'll start <clears throat> at the first of the year. You know, it's, it's almost like fat Tuesday. <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> right. to eat as much as I can. And, you know, I'm going to buckle down on the first of the year. Rachel and I were talking about this yesterday. It's so dumb. Like why? <laughs> like if you know the good you ought to do and, and do not do it, it's, it's sin. Yet we'll sometimes as, as people will intentionally just like, I know this is wrong or this isn't healthy or this is you know, poor stewardship. I'm going to get my finances in order. I'm going to focus and be more uh, present and, and I'll start January 1st because we feel like it's this fresh, yeah. fresh start. And I understand the psych, you know, I guess the psychology behind it somewhat for people kind of a, a new year, but you know, um, finishing well and, and starting well are, are very connected a little bit. How did you find the the process when you were going through, chapter four did that jump out at you right away oh yeah right away like because yeah um as soon as i read it uh you know i mentioned sunday second timothy's the last book paul probably ever wrote yeah and you just see it in the chapter you know it's like um he basically says i'm about to die i'm not i'm not long for this world and he is very reflective in the in the whole in all of second timothy but um particularly in chapter four, he says, I'm about to die. I've run the race. It's all, you know, in the past tense, the completed sense. So like, I've, I've done this, like I've made it. I've, 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 he hasn't crossed the finish line, so to speak, but he's kind of saying in a way I have crossed the finish line. Mm. Um, yeah, it was good. Uh, I th- it was, you know, God's good timing to, to put that chat. Cause that wasn't originally the plan for this week. No, we weren't originally going to be still in Timothy. We weren't going to be in Timothy at all this year. The original right. plan was to be in Romans, but then I came back after break and suffer well, you know, yeah. four weeks. And then <clears throat> Timothy was supposed to be after the now what series this year. Yeah. So it worked out great. Yeah. I thought it was, I thought you did a, a, again, a wonderful job with it. And, you know, it got me, you know, thinking a little bit about, you know, certainly finishing well and <clears throat> I'm going to be 45 um, this year. And more than half of my life is likely, you know, over and kind of on that, that back nine, which sounds crazy to, to say or think about at yeah. 45, but that's, that's the truth. Likely, yeah. you know, if you live to be 80, you know, you're past, uh, past that halfway point and wanting to finish well and, um, you know, wanting to get more focused. My, one of my resolutions this, this year, and it's <clears throat> been slowly building. I took steps, uh, you know, um, this, uh, last the end of last week in fact to do it but i want to be more i want to be more present um i find that you know part of looking at second timothy of, of growing up you know stay focused follow the rules work hard that idea of staying focused uh really stood out to me uh in the in the text uh and part of me being more present is trying to eliminate time on my phone um and I don't spend a bunch of time, you know, playing games and stuff like that, but I've had Instagram or YouTube or this sounds crazy, but I love cars. And so like the auto trader app, <laughs> like 
I like to sit there and just look at cars and look at guitars and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And, you know, um, Henry will be busy doing his own thing. Henry, you know, uh, will play by himself and I'll sit there and look around sometimes and he's on his screen and I'm on my screen and Rachel's on her screen. And I'm like, man, he's like, this is going to go away. And so wanting to be more present, um, I carry work with me a lot. I'm, I'm constantly thinking about the church or sermon and all that. And, um, it's part of the role and, um, you know, thankful for it, but wanting to like dial back yeah. <clears throat> some of that and be more present with my family. Yeah. Um, and so what I did is I deleted a ton of apps from my phone and cleaned up my phone and reorganized it. And um, yeah. my, my plan is when I get home to, you know, I have a, an Apple watch that I wear. And part of the reason I got that is so if I don't have my phone with me, I can get an alert that I get a text and yeah. I'm going to get home and I'm going to take the gear off. I'm going to take the watch off. I'm going to put the phone on the counter and be with my, be with my family and try to be more present mentioned on Christmas Eve, how, you know, we were thinking about getting a camcorder and we wound up getting a camcorder. And yesterday, uh, Henry's like, can I have pizza? And uh, like, yeah. So I had to run to the store uh, cause we don't keep pizza stuff in stock at the house and he's dairy free and egg free and all that. So all the pizza crusts, pre-made pizza crust crusts were wiped out. Who do we get? Mama Mia's something like that. I don't know what it is, but they're good. So I thought, you know what? Let's make let's make a pizza from scratch. And Henry and I have been over the last couple of days pretend baking things. He's got a fake mixer and stuff and food. And so I got home. I'm like, let's make pizza dough from scratch. And I took this little camcorder and set it up on the tripod and just recorded it. And um, you know, not only trying to be present, but to really capture you know those moments um, that I'm I know I'm going to want to look back on. And yeah. you know, just those little the little things. Yeah. Um, so that's what, that's one of mine this year. And that's <clears throat> maybe perhaps a little foreshadowing for <laughs> our theme as a year for the church. Um, mm. but really wanting to, to just slow, slow down a little bit. Uh, 2023, when I think back of, you know, this past year, it's been a busy year and the years seem to go faster and they seem to get busier. Uh, you know, especially with young kids, you know, there's, you've got three kids, Mark, you know, we only have one, but we have very busy ones, right? I've seen Ledger. <laughs> he's not, he's not yeah. a, he's a mover. Yeah. <laughs> and so, but just the busyness of life, like wanting to slow down and appreciate not, not only family, but, you know, certainly our Lord as well. So, Look so at, this, uh, you keep in mattresses and camcorders and <laughs> <in> business. <laughs> I text Swidrack and I'm like, Hey, I need a, I want a camcorder. That's going to be decent. You know, I didn't mind investing a little bit of money in this cause these are <laughs> the memories for the rest of your life and something that I can, that Henry will have for the rest of his life. You yeah. know, I watch, uh, I've got a bunch of VHS tapes that I'm going to get from my dad of all those home movies when the Lord takes them home and I'm going to watch them. You know, Henry may not watch him till he's in his mid forties, but they're just <laughs> sweet memories. And so I text Swidrack. I'm like, Hey, uh, you got any recommendations? And he's like, I knew this was coming. <laughs> <laughs> and so he sent me a couple of recommendations and, uh, yeah, I went up to pixel connection here, uh, in Avon cause they had a, the Sony, uh, camcorder. And I didn't get a, you know, one like this where you can take video, I got a designated camera. 
um, yeah. that you can take photos on, but yeah. it's, it's, it's an actual camcorder. And so I walked in and I said, I'm looking for this. So I got a buddy that recommended it and he goes, boy, you got a smart friend. <laughs> I was like, with this kind of stuff. Yeah, he's, he's good. So, but it's been a lot of fun. Like it's, we chronicled, we went to Kalahari this past week because we always take Henry's birthdays on the fourth and we always go to Kalahari for, for his birthday. And so, uh, we took video of the road trip and then when we got home, we watched the video and you're taking it and you miss all this funny stuff. Like, it's just, I understand how reality TV got started, right? It's interesting yeah. to, um, to watch it, but Henry thinks it's, we've got a million subscribers on YouTube. So yeah. that's what's going on with that. But, um, so this week, uh, we'll kick off the now what series now, what 2024. So I think this is year nine of the now what series, our ninth version of it, which is crazy. So, uh, and then we'll move after that into Timothy for the rest of the year. <laughs> now what more Bad. timothy right. now what? <laughs> yeah, that's it we're gonna do third timothy <laughs> yeah. that's it we're gonna do the message version of timothy and, and the nlt we'll just go through all the reboot the reboot 2.0 <laughs> well we're probably gonna just do one question today uh, this is a lengthy question a lengthy scenario uh, we have another one that we can get to. We'll see how this this goes. Uh, but I will read the question, and then uh, who, who wants first crack at it, boys? <laughs> Maybe we'll start with Chad. New year, new Chad. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to read it? Yeah, why don't you read it? Okay. Yeah, I like I like to listen. All right. Hey, podcasts. Oh, man, I did not read the address until just now yeah well this is good in real time but it looks like there's an explanation if you don't know what that means he means podcast pastors obviously yeah no not so obvious my friend <laughs> podcasts <laughs> podcasts yeah i absolutely loved the last episode and your discussion on evil slash suffering reminded me of one of my favorite philosophical discussions the problem of evil this is a problem that has plagued philosophers for hundreds of years, so I'd love you guys to solve it on this episode. No pressure, LOL. It goes like this. There is no morally sufficient reason for an omnipotent, omniscient, perfectly good God to allow suffering in the world. If God is sufficiently powerful and sufficiently good, then he is sufficiently able to decrease the amount of suffering in the world to zero. If he does not reduce suffering to zero, he is either not sufficiently powerful or not sufficiently good. Suppose I had small children and adopted a violent dog. I knew the dog's nature was to bite children. I knew my children's nature was to pet dogs. I bring the dog into my room full of children and decide to let it roam around. I instruct my children that the only way to avoid being bit by the dog is to come to me, and I would protect them. Some come to me, some get bit, and some try to get to me and get bit on the way. What could I say if put on trial? I work in mysterious ways. That situation brought me glory. It's the kid's fault. They were told to come to me. It's the dog's fault. It shouldn't have bit my children. It's good the children got bit because now they are wiser and stronger. In this scenario, I am smarter and more powerful than both the dog and the children. I am sufficiently powerful enough to not adopt the dog or separate the dog from the children or pick the children up before the dog can get to them, etc., I am, for all intents and purposes, fully capable of building a scenario that doesn't involve my kids getting hurt. I know it's a loaded question, but 
It's one that has always bothered me, and I've never heard a satisfactory answer to. I remember asking it as a kid and being told it's not my place to question God or that you have to have darkness to have light, things like that, but never an answer that made logical sense. What are y'all's thoughts on this subject? What's the theological consensus, if any? If there isn't, what are the main standpoints against the problem of evil? Again, thanks so much for discussing. I love hearing you guys hash out life's tough questions and helping guide the flock. Love you. Love you. Love, love. Uh, What's the main standpoint against the problem of evil? I guess the first thing that comes to mind is in God's creativity, he gives us some level of will or else we'd be robots that just do his bidding. So that leaves open the possibility for us to disobey and rebel, which is what happened with Adam and Eve as sin comes in and the curse of sin takes over the world as we know it now. Um, So there's that quick answer to that for me. Um, Evil can exist because God has allowed that possibility from the creative story, from the from the origin story. Yeah. Was that the name of the, that was the name of the series, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The origin Four story. Ago. Four years ago. <laughs> yeah, it was before Timothy. <laughs> Four years ago, if you remember before Timothy. Um, so there's that. Um, he goes, okay, I'll go back to the top a little bit. He says, there's no morally sufficient reason for an omnipotent, omniscient, perfectly good God to allow suffering in the world. Well, God is the one who decides and has invented morality from the get-go. So we don't get to tell God what's moral and what's not. So we can't even say that. Um, another really brief <laughs> thought to that part, I guess. Boom, roasted. He says, if God is sufficiently powerful and sufficiently good, then he is sufficiently able to decrease the amount of suffering in the world to zero. If he does not reduce the suffering to zero, he is either not sufficiently powerful, not sufficiently good. Uh, yeah. He, he wouldn't be any of those things if he doesn't accomplish that, but he promises to accomplish that, and that's the whole gospel message is that through Christ, that's exactly what he is doing and tells us there will be a future where everything that is considered evil is brought to zero. It's completely yeah. gone. Yeah. It's the whole point of Revelation yeah. 21 yeah. through 22. So. Not boom roasted, but I think no. I'm. I think I'm done. <laughs> Any other? Thoughts? This concludes. Oh, welcome to the atrium, a Hope Christian Church podcast. <laughs> My name is Neil. I'm the lead pastor here at Hope, and this mic dropping mama jamma, as I mean, they say. I'm not trying to mic drop. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> me. I don't know. I, I just yeah. I don't have many other thoughts beyond that. I, I think it is a very robust question. It's obviously. Like he said, plagued people, uh, philosophers or not, for a long, long time. People have to think through this. Um, but man, I, mean, I think everything is summed up in in the goodness of God and, and the gospel he's presented to us in his word. Yeah. Marcus. Mark's next. I have lots of thoughts on this. All right, cool. <laughs> and I am Mark. Did you say I'm Mark's adult pastor. snacks? No, I said Mark is next. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were doing a plug for <laughs> Mark's, Mark's yeah. Snacks. <laughs> what? Mean, that can become a thing. Use code Chad for Mark Snacks. <laughs> uh, I'm going to find a way to plug a little commercial right here. <laughs> Mark Snacks. 
All right. So the problem of evil, uh, we this did come up in the last podcast. The problem of evil, I said, is the, the problem of evil has to be addressed by every religion. Any religion that's manufactured mm-hmm. is a response to the problem of evil, uh, and it is the kind of the eternal question. So, how do we address it? I'll start by saying the fact that evil exists is an apologetic that there is a God. We know there's a God because evil exists. Uh, The idea of morality is that things are right and things are wrong. There's right and there's wrong. And the things that are wrong are evil. So, or lead to evil, or is the result, the result, it will be evil. So how do we know what's right and wrong unless somebody tells us that? Um, and it's, it's his question here starts, it goes like this. There's no morally sufficient reason for an omnipotent, omniscient, perfectly good God to allow suffering. All right. So what is your basis of what is right and wrong to say there's no morally sufficient reason? You're saying, I've, I've done the math. I've used my logic and I've come up with no morally sufficient reason for this to exist. So why do you know what's evil and what's good? You're trying to come up with your own standard of good. And it's a very dangerous question here because you're, you're saying your morality is better than God's. And, and it's not, it's not even it's not even a situation where we come up with our own morality and pit it against God's. I mean that's what people try to do, but that in itself is is kind of a fool's errand because morality does not exist without God. So if I have say I'm trying to measure if something is good or evil and for use the example of a ruler, uh, I'm trying to measure it with a ruler and this is, you know, uh, this is an analogy. I have a ruler that is 12 inches long and I can say something is 12 inches or I can take my phone, I can measure it and see how many inches this is because I have the standard of a ruler. I know a ruler is 12 inches. Why do I know that? I know that because somebody has told me that. I don't know the math and the physics behind why an inch is an inch, why a rule, you know, a foot is 12 inches, but I know that I have this standard. I have a ruler that tells me this is so many inches and so I can measure other things against it. So God provides us with morality based on his goodness. Morality that we have is based on his character. And so we can say things are good or evil based off of God's morality. This question is implying I've taken my ruler, which is better, and God's ruler seems to be lacking. I've I've come up with this assessment of our current situation, the problem of evil, and things are too evil that God must not be good. His ruler is broken. My ruler is better. And he's not asking himself, why does he even have a ruler? Where did he get his ruler? Why, why is his line of thinking, or any of us, why, is, why would our line of thinking be better than anyone else's? And that's the, this is what's led us to today, where everybody has their ruler, and now morality is subjective so truth is found in ourselves we get our own ruler we judge the situation and this leads to majority rule the people who have rulers that are similar the majority the the basically more than 50 percent if their rulers are similar then this is okay you know this is marriage because this is the majority rule this is this is when life starts this is what our rulers say yeah but in reality 
you're you're not going back far enough to understand why why anything is good or evil. And he uses this example of a god of a dog. Yeah. And there's there's tons of problems in the example mm-hmm. because. Okay, suppose he says, I have small children and I adopt a violent dog. And basically, he knows the dog is violent. He knows there's a risk that his kids could get bit. And he should be doing everything in his power to keep that dog from his kids, which he's right. In fact, that's a biblical principle. Exodus 21, 29. If an ox is known for goring people and he gets out and he gores somebody, the ox has to be put to death. And, and under the Israelite law, the owner put, is put to death because <laughs> they are responsible. So he's actually getting into some biblical morality there. But he is, he's trying to draw this comparison to us being dogs and that he is the, the father in this scenario, I guess. Um, and he, you know, he would, God has the ability to keep the dogs at bay, essentially. Um, now we have to understand why we are, why are we, first of all, why are we different from a dog? Because that gets at the heart of morality. So in this example, how I read it and I, I don't mean to interrupt you. So I suppose I had small children, so he would be the God figure. This is how I read it. Yeah. Dog would be suffering, the, the suffering, the evil, the sin of the world. And then we are the children. Right. Is that, is that how you read this or you have us as the dogs in this? I'm not. Well, I, I, I read it the other way, I would say. Did you? Okay. Um, so. I knew the dog's nature, sin's nature, suffering's nature, Satan's nature was yeah. to bite children. So. That's how I read it. Well, either way, yeah. it, it makes sense. Or yeah. either way, it applies. Okay. Um, I just want to understand how you're reading it before you. So I understand so what you're saying. I'm not saying you're in wrong. The, in this the scenario, he's putting the, the evil is on the dog whatever that is, yeah. is kept at bay. Um, the small children, if that is us, then the the evil is on the dog. So the the, the children have no responsibility, first of all. Um, there's no onus on the on the children. They they seem to be innocent, so to speak, and that this thing is happening to them. That's not what scripture teaches. Scripture teaches that sin entered the world through our sin, or death entered the world through our sin, evil evil with it. Um, but why then are we morally responsible? Because we were created as moral creatures. And this is, this is why this question has been asked by philosophers for millennia. This is why this has to be addressed because look at a dog. For example, a dog has no morality. A dog doesn't understand what is right, what is wrong. Um, but for some reason we do. Humans have been given instruction from God. We've been given commands from God. So God in the garden of Eden, after he created us, he gave us the capacity for relationship in the image. He created us. We have that capacity for relationship, but then he also put morality onto us by giving us commands. So God has chosen to reveal himself to us alone. He hasn't revealed himself to dogs or cats or any other animals. They're not moral creatures. We're made moral creatures because we have that image and because God has instructed us. He said, don't eat of the fruit. So once that happened, once we're given this instruction, we're made a moral creature. And then once Adam and Eve made the wrong decision and sinned, then evil entered the world. And we didn't lose our morality. The morality is still there. 
And the fact that it's still there has led to the suffering that we see, everything, everything down the line. So we're morally, we're morally oriented creatures, which is why we know what good and evil is. If we lived and this, and this is proof that there's a God. If we lived in a universe where evil didn't exist, then, or if we lived in a situation where there wasn't a God, we would be like dogs. There would be no evil. There'd be no good. There would just be what is. Uh, who's, who's to say what is evil? Uh, who's to say what's good? If you don't have that ruler, you don't have that standard outside of ourselves, then morality can't exist. Do you want to go? <laughs> I can go. Yeah, I'm. I've got more to come back to, but I, yeah, I, yeah. I'll 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 start chiming in. Um, I I agree wholeheartedly. There's there's a language, and I circled it on my. You know, it goes like this: There's no morally sufficient. Uh, God is not sufficiently good. Uh, it's bothered me that I've always I've never heard a satisfactory answer. It, it doesn't make logical sense, and that's. <laughs> you're supposed to feel like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, I think that perhaps this individual feels like they should be satisfied, that they should understand that any of us should be within full understanding and comprehension of God's design, ultimate divine design and plan and understand the intricacies of evil and good because we're not meant to understand it fully. Uh, they write down, I was told things uh, when I was a kid, that God works in mysterious ways. Um, and that didn't satisfy them. And I've said this before, the older I've gotten in faith, the higher my capacity for mystery has gone. And what this individual I think is confusing are two things. There's God's divine goodness and then our finite understanding of circumstantial goodness. We don't understand divine divine goodness, right? What does God say? He says, uh, Psalm, the Bible says, give thanks to the Lord for he is what? He is good. God is good. So if I want to understand goodness, things like love, God is love. God is all of these attributes. God is holy. If I want to understand these things fully, then I have to understand God fully. And as finite beings, we cannot understand God fully. And so you're never going to feel like there's a sufficient answer. You're never going to, you know, have uh, an answer that makes logical, finite, earthly, logical sense in a human brain. It's never, you're never going to have this satisfied in your finite state. That's what the faith is for. (laughs) That's the whole point of faith. That's one of the, I shouldn't say the whole point. That's one of the points of faith is that you don't understand these things yet the Holy Spirit comes in, softens the heart, gives you a capacity for mystery, and you don't get hung up on it because you un- because you understand you can't know it. And you can't know it because you're not supposed to know it fully. The problem of evil in the world. I don't have a problem with evil in the world. Do I fully understand all of it? No, I can certainly understand enough of it through God's word to be to be at peace. And that's really what you're looking for is, is to be at peace with God's design 
and plan. Because right now, when I read this, this is an individual that is not potentially, uh, potentially not at peace with God's plan. And there is a, what I would call an unintentional arrogance to an argument like this. And you hit the nail on the head. You've used the example of a ruler. God has a ruler, a standard. God has a standard. He set that standard. And at the same time, he is the standard. And at the same time, he is the standard. And you'll never fully understand the standard and you'll never meet the standard. That's why Christ had to come. Christ satisfies the gap between our measuring stick and, and God's because we'll never measure up. This is what Paul tells us this in Rome. All have sinned and what? Fallen short of the glory of God. So when it comes to uh, the, this problem of evil that has plagued philosophers for hundreds of years, uh, I understand why people wouldn't feel satisfied or feel like there's a morally sufficient answer to all of it, but I I get that, but you're you're supposed to feel that way maybe intellectually, but it shouldn't throw you off. That's what the Holy Spirit comes in and does. He he gives you a peace that passes all understanding because you you understand that God's ways, Isaiah 55, God's ways are not our ways. This is what the scriptures tell us. What he does, how he does it, is not how we would do it. It's, that's the point of all. I could sit here and go through the entire New Testament, through the entire Bible, and shown you or tell you or point out things that I would do differently than God, but that's, that's God. He, he has the right to do what he wants. I wrote down a, a couple of things, uh, and this is along the same lines, um, that, that, you know, uh, you said Mark is, you know, I, no, no morally sufficient reason. Okay, whose morals? What's that morality based on? Uh, if they don't reduce suffering to zero, he's either not sufficiently powerful or not sufficiently good. Who's, who defines good? Right. Who defines good? We don't understand divine goodness. Matthew 5.45, you know, Jesus saying, love your enemies, right? Uh, we'll go to verse 43. You have heard it said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. Listen to this. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. God makes the sun shine on the evil and the good, and the rain fall on the just and the unjust. And that analogy, out of those two, sun and rain, which one is good and which one is bad, right? We would say that the sun is good. We like the sun. But to a field of dormant grass, which is better? Which is good? The sun on an already burnt out, dried up yard or the rain? The rain would be better. So we look at goodness and we have to define we have to, I should say, understand that we define goodness based on our circumstances. If you want to go to Cedar Point and it's a rainy day outside, we would say that that's bad. That's not good. But if you're a farmer and your crops are drying out or there are wildfires in a particular area, you will look at the rain and say that that is good. Our understanding of goodness is more often than not determined on what is circumstantially what we want to happen. Yeah. 
It's what we want to happen. And this is where the problem of evil starts to creep into the people's minds because we're suffering. As we would say, suffering is not good. It's not good. Job talks about this. Uh, should we take the good from the Lord and not the, not the bad? But, but Job's wrong. There is no bad from the Lord. Everything he does is good, yeah. which means that the suffering is good. It means that the rain is good. It may not be what you want. The problem of evil and suffering is really not a problem of evil and suffering. It's a problem of what we want. Mm. We don't want suffering. We don't want evil. We don't want atrocity. The problem is not with God and his design. He's mapped it out. He's figured it out. And if he didn't spare his son from suffering to redeem the sins of the world, he's certainly not going to spare us from suffering because we are created in his image. And when we get salvation, when God gives us that salvation, we share in the glory of Christ, which means that we share in the sufferings of Christ as well. The problem is not with evil. The problem is with our own desire. And so the prayer is not, God, help me to understand evil. It's, God, give me the desires of your heart. And if God works all things together for the good of those that love him, that means he works the what we would consider to be circumstantial evil, circumstantial bad, circumstantial difficulty and suffering also together for the good of those that love him. His ways are not our ways. And what we cannot do is we cannot reduce God's ways to finite human logic. If you want to be at peace as a Christian, you have to be at peace with the mystery. You have to. And the only way you can be at peace with the mystery is if the Holy Spirit comes in and gives that to you. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. It's the third one, peace. The problem of evil has plagued philosophers for years. It's plagued Christians for years. Um, and we'll never be able to reduce it to finite logic, f- finite understanding of morality, finite understanding of good. What we can do, though, is ask and pray that the Holy Spirit give us peace with the mystery of these things and recognize that when we begin to question God, and this individual says satisfactory, I remember asking it as a kid and being told it's not my place to question God. And that is true. So this idea uh, that you know we have a right to, to question God and his plan in 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 my opinion, in I think in the opinion of Scripture, is a very it's rooted in pride. That's yeah, it is, and that's hard because you know I don't want to accuse this individual of, but we all deal with pride. Every single one of us does. Uh, you know, I could sit here for the next twenty five minutes and explain to you all the ways that pride has crept into my life and continues to to creep into my life. This approach to understanding the nature of God through, you know, uh, questioning his ultimate plan, because his, his plan was to, re- he came to save his, his, his people from their sins, right? Sin is evil. Yeah. It's the plan of redemption. We're questioning the plan of redemption. If there is no evil, if God is sufficiently good and sufficiently powerful and there is no evil, then there's no need for Jesus. Then we've we've eliminated this. And we've talked about this on the podcast. You know, why does God allow evil in the world to express the full nature 
if I can say full nature, I'll put that in quotes, perhaps full nature of his, of his character. If there's no evil, there's no sin, then there's no expression of grace or mercy or forgiveness or agape love or justice or discipline or punishment. These are a part of God's nature and God uses uh, sin and evil uh, to accomplish his work, to display his his glory, it brings him glory. Yeah. Suppose that I had small children and adopted a violent dog. I knew the dog's nature was to bite children. I knew my children's nature was to pet dogs. I bring the dog into my room full of children and decide to let it roam around. And I instruct my children that the only way to avoid being bit by the dog uh, is to come to me and I would protect them. Some come to me, some get bit, and some try to get to me and get bit on the way. And when you read this, when I first wrote read this, I thought, okay, maybe you can make some of those parallels. But like you said, Mark, there's too many gaps here. Um, if we try to reduce our understanding of God and his plan of redemption, which Chad, I thought is, was brilliant. He's, he is going to end everything. <laughs> like yeah. he's not done the work isn't over yet. Like earth isn't the last stop here. Yeah. <laughs> like he, he is sufficiently powerful and he is sufficiently good, which is why it's going to end. He's just letting it go on for, for now. And, but when you read this, there's just too many things. As human beings, we're not sovereign. We don't understand, uh, you know, uh, what's best for our, I've got a kid. I think I know what's best for my kid. I don't, I don't know what's best for my kid sometimes. I will do things and try to correct my kid in ways that are not best for my kid. Yeah. I will raise the temperature in the room. I will yell at him sometimes. I will be frustrated with him. I will hold a grudge sometimes because he ruined you know, going out to eat or something like that. I'm not good. I'm not sufficiently good. And so when we start to try to draw these parallels between our finite understanding again and, and God's divine nature, they're always going to break down. We can't reduce God to our finite human logic of what is good and what is evil. These are two different things. God is good. God is love. If we want to fully understand these things, then we have to fully understand God. We cannot fully understand God. We can understand God with the measure of faith that God has given us. And the whole idea of faith is that you don't understand everything. You don't see everything. And that's that's the means by which God has chosen to <laughs> carry out the plan of salvation for his kids is through faith. Greater are those that have not seen yet still yeah. believe that's that faith the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen you don't get to see it, you don't get to understand it god isn't a math problem there's not a bunch of variables that if we you know use the right formula that we can somehow solve and crack the case honestly i don't i don't want a god that i fully understand because like we've talked about and like a billion people have said if you can fully understand god then he can't be god Mm -hmm. it, it, this is what got Adam and Eve in trouble. You know, you want to know uh, the difference between good and evil? You'll be as God is. Yeah. That sounds great. Pass the fruit, man. And the enemy is still deceiving. Yeah. This is just a, a different version. This this line of reasoning and thinking is just a different version of deceptive, of the deceptive nature of the enemy. Oh, you want to know what God is? Okay, we'll explain this. Explain the problem of evil. Um, it's, it's peace that, passes all understanding has to come from the Holy Spirit in regards to this. Yeah. End of speech. Well done.
Well said. <laughs> I think also I want to, uh, as we talk about this like, problem, uh, the question, the way it presents and the way people think about it is that this world is so evil. There's so much going on. Uh, it's almost like stuff happens and it's not getting accounted for. Like, why does this suffering and evil exist? And no one's, no one seems to care. No one is, um, is doing anything about it. Yeah. And we forget about the justice of God. Mm -hmm. God is a God of justice, almost foremost. I would, that might like all of God's attributes are equal, but like, like that's such a downplayed aspect attribute of God right now in, in this culture Yeah, that God is a God of justice and everything is going to be paid for every evil, every, every evil by God's standards is going to be paid for. Every sin is going to be accounted for either by, you, you who committed it or by someone else. And the only person that can account for it is Christ. And how does Christ account for it? He does it through suffering. The focal point of history is the resurrection, the, the suffering, the crucifixion, and the resurrection of Christ. And what do we call, what do we call that Friday? Good Friday. Right. Right. <laughs> and you say, well, you know, it's not good that Christ suffers. It's not good he went through that pain and endured that. That ultimately was God's goodness yeah. through suffering, through enduring that evil. And it was God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge that that would take place. And every, every, every aspect of evil is going to be accounted for. What Chad said about everything being made right, uh, suffering being reduced to a world of zero suffering, being reduced to zero, that is happening. That is the plan. That's what's going on. Yeah. And it's made possible by God himself participating in the suffering by coming into this world and sacrificing himself to atone for evil, to pay the price. And so the, the, the justice of God uh, that feeds into us understanding now the love of God. We understand how, how God loves us. We understand also the wrath of God. The wrath of God is coming on to this people because of the, the works spelled out in, in the new Testament. Um, and then I also want to I also want to add um, a little bit of talking about like when you're talking about circumstantial good and God's eternal goodness, um, like in his example, suppose I had small children and I adopted a violent dog. So again, it's saying that you know God has put us in this scenario, which He has, and. God could have put us in a scenario without the violent dog, essentially. He could have kept that violent dog from us. Right. Um, but what, what's, first of all, what do we know? What do small children want? They want dogs. <laughs> and that, that, that actually represents the condition we're in. We as children had the choice and we wanted a dog. We knew what was good. Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve knew the goodness of God more than anyone on this planet has ever known. I believe yeah, they I knew it in a way that no one else has, has known it since because they communed with God mm -hmm. and they wanted a dog. They're like, well, we've got the goodness of God, but we, we want a dog. And so then the question is, well, then why did God make us like that? Why didn't God make us like the angels? Why didn't, why aren't we in a world that's not sufficient? That's, that's sufficiently good that the suffering is reduced to zero. <laughs> First of all, I'd say God did that. He has the angels. He's got that environment. He wanted to do something else. Yeah. Why did God want to do that? Because he wanted to do it. Right. It's the will of God. We, 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 
what you were saying about we tr- we want to reduce God to an equation, like that equation ultimately is trying to put a bracket around God and saying, this is how God has to operate. Right. And his attributes define how he o- operates, but his attributes are defined by his will. And his will is what he wants to do. And that's why we have to, that's why we have to depend on God being good and that he's consistent, that he's faithful. That's why we hear it in the New Testament time and time again, that God is faithful. We need to know that God is faithful. He's expressed that to us in a hundred different ways and told us that because we need that reality. Because if God is not faithful, then he could tomorrow put 10 more dogs in our life, or he could choose not to redeem us or rescind his deal with Christ right. and us. Uh, that's the importance of God's goodness. It's the importance of God's faithfulness. God's will, though, we know this because of the condition we're in. He wanted He wanted to create us. And to the, the list that he gave here, you touched on them. These are, you know, common theological consensus. Like, you know, you have to have darkness to have light. Uh, the the contrast of God's love shines brighter in the against the the backdrop of the darkness of evil, and Scripture gives us that imagery. Imagery in John one, you know, mm-hmm. the darkness and the light, mm-hmm. and yeah, that's I think a good reason. I think that's a theological consensus. It's not my place to question God. Absolutely, absolutely, that's true. Yeah, and if that if that answer doesn't satisfy you, then you don't understand God. You don't understand that you're a creature and you're not the creator. And this is at the heart of everybody holding their own rulers, their own ruler sticks right now, their own standards of truth. And they're holding it up to God and saying, God, you really could have done better. Like the, you know, this would have been better if, if, if we didn't have that dog, if you didn't put this dog in our life, when we forget, we're not innocent at all. We wanted the dog. (laughs) We asked for it with free will. Adam and Eve said, we're going to choose the dog. Not your place. That's the, that's that is that literally is the message of Job, because right. Job <laughs> and his three friends were putting trying to put God into the the equation of karma. I, you know, you've done something wrong. God is punishing for you, punishing you for it. You know, um, what have you done, Job? And it's it's thirty five chapters of poetry of them saying, "What have you done? What have you done?" Job saying, "I haven't done anything. I haven't done anything." And then at the end, God comes and has the final say and says, don't put me in a box. You cannot put me in a box. You can't fathom my thoughts. You can't understand because you were, because why? Because you're a creature. Right. You're not the creator. Um, so like the reasons he's giving, yeah, those are, those are defenses of it. And I would, I would agree with them. Um, but you can't forget that the evil is being taken care of. The justice of God is playing out and God is moving to the point where there will be a situation where evil cannot exist. Yeah. This person's confused by a plot of a book they haven't finished. You know what I mean? Like if you're reading uh, any other book 
and and you start to disagree with how the book is going, but the book's not done yet. Like there's a final chapter that's going to happen. And when that final chapter happens, you're going to go, oh, that's right. God is sufficiently good and he is sufficiently powerful because he just threw Satan in prison and he came down for his kids and every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess. And so we can't be fired up about an ending that hasn't happened yeah. yet. And, and this isn't the end all be all you know, where we're at right, right now, that which is known, Paul says in Corinthians, that which is known in part now will be known in full when that would, when that, which is perfect comes. I, I believe that's talking about the second coming of, of Christ. And I think that's people use that as a defense, uh, you know, that gifts are ceased because they say the perfect is, you know, the Bible and the word of God. And, you know, that's a whole nother discussion, but I believe Paul's referring to, to Christ. What we know in part now we'll know in full when Christ comes, comes back so we're not supposed to know in full everything right now. And I think when God, you know, sets in motion those those final days or years of uh, what he has planned, then, you know, if you get to the end of that and you're confused, mm-hmm. <laughs> then maybe email the podcast. We'll, we'll be gone. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't... Um, I know, and I and to that, then I also I also want to add a <laughs> little bit, because um, going back to this analogy with the dog, uh, we would be the small children. The dog is put in our life, and the onus is on the parents for putting the dog in the, in in their life. Right, and there's no there's no mention of repentance there. So in, in this analogy, I know it's not it's not, and he I'm sure. You know, the, the person who asked the question would say it's not a perfect analogy, but um, it, it also comes to the fact that we don't want to own up to our own sin. We don't want to take responsibility for what we've done. When God says no one is good, we've all fallen short. We say, well, uh, but you put us in the situation where, you know, you left the cookies out on the counter and I ate one. I, I It's really on you. And it's, and that's really, really indicative of the times. We are living in an, a, a, a culture that wants to shirk responsibility, that the onus is on somebody else, that I, I've been a, I'm a product of a system that has caused me to act the way I, I've done this. The decisions I've made, it was not up to me. It was up to the, the, the way I was brought up or the system that produced me. And this is playing out uh, in our society. And no one is is taking responsibility for their sin. And Christ, when he came, said the first thing he said in his ministry, his first words that we have written in, in the New Testament anyway were, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is a just kingdom. It is a kingdom of repentance. And as I said on Sunday, Acts 14.22, through many tribulations will we enter the kingdom of God. So we, so we got to be careful because we're in a very precarious situation here where we're holding our ruler up to God saying, I've done nothing wrong. I, I am just a product of the system you've put me in. I've created my ruler and it's not measuring, you're not measuring up to my ruler, God. Um, Wait, yeah, I there, think there might can. be, a, there just might be, a, there might be a, 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 a reminder here. I'll put a reminder in. Of of the 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 need for repentance. Yeah, I think that's good. 
I think also in this scenario, you know, if, if, you know, the parent is the God figure, so to speak, if the dog is evil and suffering in the, in the child is, is us, you know, in this world, this isn't the story. Certainly God allowed sin to enter the world, just like a parent allowed a dog to come into the home. But then God also said, but here's an instruction manual on how not to get bit. And so the parent would say to the kids, okay, the dog is here. The dog is violent, but here's, here's an instruction manual on how not, here's how you train the dog. Here's it's literally what it says. Here's There's how, an enemy on the prowl looking to devour. Right. This is how you fight sin in your life. Yeah. And, yeah, and right. not only, I'm not only going to give this to you, I'm also going to help you mm-hmm. because that's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy right. Spirit enters into us as the temple and reminds us on how to not to get bit. The idea is not to eliminate the dog. The idea is to train the dog. <laughs> That's it. And in this well, scenario. Ultimately, but ultimately, I mean, you could take the analogy further. Ultimately, Christ is the one who gets bit for us. Right. Yeah, true. <laughs> like, ultimately, we avoid the, the final, because we think... That's the other part of not considering the justice of God is what goes away with that is, well, hell isn't real. Eternal punishment isn't real. Any God wouldn't punish anybody. And nobody talked more about punishment than Christ did. Right. Because he wants us to avoid it. And he's saying, I'm going to take the dog bite for you if you believe in me. I'll wear the eternal scars of the dog bite, which he shows to Thomas when he appears in the upper room. <laughs> and, and, goes, they, and you will ultimately avoid the dog bite. Ultimately, I'm the destruction take the, of it. Yeah, yeah you, the because we think this, we think the the evil, the suffering we 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 encounter here is the end all say all. No, and yeah. it, and we and that's when you know hell gets wiped away. Any other kind of you know, but it goes in with the whole secular age thinking. There is no other. You know, there's nothing else after this. Um, Ultimately, what people need to understand is that all dogs are evil. <laughs> and this is why you should have cats. Yes. Sin is crouching at your door and you must master it. You must. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to go back to you talking about God's attribute of being just yeah. and his, you know, his version of being just, how we have to kind of learn that. We, we don't just have that. And... We will have it as we grow in faith and grow in relationship to him. You said, as I've grown up in my faith, as I'm going, getting older in my faith, yeah. it expands my ability for or capacity for mystery. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Mark, you said we're repentant people as Christians. That's like an identifier as a Christian. Then you receive the Spirit and you live by the Spirit. Then you grow in this faith that I'm talking about. You become mature in faith you understand what good is as you get to know god's heart and you're more open to his will and his desires yeah and then you do what is good you you if if there's good you ought to do and you don't do it that's sin like you said as well so we live by the spirit we we do good as we get to know god's version of good and god's version of justice and in john it tells us um, not only repent, the kingdom of God is near, but as those repentant people, as a Christian, and we're told that the kingdom of God is within you. He's placing the kingdom of God in our hearts, um, in the here and now, before Revelation 21 and 22. So he's placed the, uh, the morality and the economy and the operation of the kingdom of God via the Spirit in us. 
So if we take it a step further, it's not, oh man, God's not taking care of the evil in this world. As the church, as a collection of believers, um, these households of faith that are spread about this earth, we are to carry out God's justice. We are to yeah. get to know the will of the Lord and and be the hands and feet of Jesus. Do I the guess, good works. The, the he prepared cliche. in advance for us to do. Do yeah, the good Ephesians works. Too. Yeah. There's Ephesians 2 again. Yeah. Exactly. Then we all uniquely get to carry out those good works that he knows that we're supposed to do in advance. He even had the foreknowledge of that. You know, it's not like he's surprised by the dog. He's not surprised um, by our confusion, but he's he's inviting us to trust him and to step into, uh, take action on the good works we're supposed to be doing. Right. You know, and in, and in that way, him. and in that way, become more like him. Yeah. Not just blaming him, becoming more like him. Exactly. Yeah. That's, and that's, that's yeah and that's that's the goal that's the goal (laughs) like that we are ultimately working to be more like god not the same essence of god yeah but we're to carry the image of god and carry it to as full of an expression as we can yeah yeah we're we're people that have fidelity for god because he loved us first so we love and then we are to be a faithful people or to have faithfulness to god's will and to be a people of justice yeah. 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 I would say this individual, like, you know, it's good to, again, I think it's good to touch down on these things, so to speak. Uh, you know, y- you can, you know, maybe camp there for a couple of days, but don't build a house on this soil. Yeah. That's um, good. Because you don't want to live in this type of state. I've had moments like this. It, w- it wasn't but a week and a half ago. Um, I've, I've shared, I've been dealing with some nerve issues in my low back again, and it's, it is super annoying. It's debilitating. I was Chinese yesterday, like having to take breaks, hunched over a cart because if I stand longer than like ten or fifteen minutes, my legs go numb. It's super frustrating, and so I'm been having all kinds of neat conversations with the Lord. Like, what's the value in this? You know, what's the point of this? I've been through this already. You know, I've been dealing with this stuff for seven years. And then am I, I'm literally talking out loud in the car as I'm driving, you know, just kind of communicating with the Lord. And I'm like, you know, are, you're going to use this suffering. I understand to, to, you know, maybe get some things out of me that I need to work on. You know, can you show me what else you need to, you, you, you know, how I can be more sanctified, how I can be more like you. Like if, if he's going to allow the suffering in, I want to suffer well. I feel like I've been prepared. I want to be at peace and I need to be patient. But you know, what do you, what do you, how do you want to grow me through this? And I was just thinking about sin and I was talking. Talking, literally, I was talking out loud in the car, and I'm like, "Why do you care about sin?" Like, and I understand the mechanics of it, but but I was having these thoughts, like, "How does let's say we'll just take let's just take lust? Like, how does it affect you? Why is it bad? Why have you decided it's bad? Well, greed. Uh, why is it bad? Getting uh, getting my buzz on, drinking a little bit. Why is it bad? Like, how does it affect you in any way, shape, or form?" Because God is perfect, he's complete, and he's like, well, God is holy, and he can't be with anything that's not holy, but he decided it's not holy. Why are those things? Why is eating blueberries okay, but you can't sit there and get three sheets to the wind, right? And I just came to the realization very quickly, not that I was questioning God, but just came to the realization very quickly, it's literally because he said so. That's it. And that is enough of an answer for me. Because he said, because his word said so, I can't understand for the life of me why God doesn't seem to have a problem, uh, you know, with 
you know, us, you know, doing one thing and then massive problems with us doing other things. And you go, well, but if you look at these things, these can be damaging. Yeah, but he decided all of that. Like he's decided all of it. I'm saying this because I don't want this individual to think like they are the only person wrestling with this. Not that they are, because they said for thousands of years or hundreds of years, philosophers have done that. But sometimes when you think this way and you come to a church and you sit in the pews at a church and you're friends with people at a church, you can feel isolated because you feel like everybody else here is just on board. Nobody, everybody's just, okay, we're just a bunch of automatons going, okay, yes, this is what the Bible says. We don't question God. We just do this. That's not true. Not, again, that I'm questioning God's plan, but I also sometimes I'm like, this is such an, it's such a an, a weird thing. You know, my version of, it's such an interesting thing, such a unique thing, this relationship we have with the creator. And I'm sitting there talking to the Lord, saying all these things, and then I'm looking at trees, and this is going to sound super cheesy, and I'm like, but these came from somewhere. Like, there's just no way all of this just happened. God has to be real, and his word has to be true, and the things that he has decided are moral and good and evil and uh, you know immoral and wicked are that way because he said so and it is only but through the power of the holy spirit that we can get to that place of i'll say occasional peace <laughs> with it because you know here i am but a week ago frustrated at the suffering that i'm experiencing and mm-hmm. asking god these these things so to this listener you want to camp out here that's fine for a little bit but don't don't build a house here this is not soil that you want to be on Mm -hmm. this type of thinking will put a wedge not in your understanding of evil and how god operates but in your relationship with the lord it can these are difficult things to to overcome don't feel the need to be satisfied uh, with an answer uh, be thankful for the mystery and that you serve a God or that there is a God who is not like us, that his ways are not our our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. And shout out for saying, I love hearing you guys hash out like yes, tough questions and helping guide the flock. That's why we do the podcast and it's a blessing we get to do it. Thank you for writing a question like this in so we could hash it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they really they don't really get much bigger than this. No. Yeah, this is this is uh the granddaddy, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Any other final thoughts, questions, comments? I think uh This is episode seventy two. <laughs> let's see. I Season think 14. we um we did solve it on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I I don't know if we did. (laughs) No pressure felt at all. Yeah, no. No, We probably just made it more, just worse. (laughs) Even more confusing. Yeah, just yelling at the screen. (laughs) This is not sufficient at all. (laughs) Right, yeah. So the most illogical pastors I've ever heard. (laughs) Yes, that's all right. We are, uh, with the holiday being what it is, questions are a little light. So if you have a question, you can email that question to podcast at hopechristianchurch.com or text your question to 440-HOPE-222. New year, boys. We were talking about uh, set design. <laughs> we did nothing. It's too hard around Christmas. Well, we all just came back in. and Yeah. Yeah. 
Did you come to work at all last week? You had to have. Yeah. Did you write last week? Yeah. Did you? Was it nice being here alone? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I like it here on Saturdays. It's very, very quiet. Yeah. You know, Fridays, a lot of times I'm, I'm in early and by myself for a while. You, you, Chad and I are ships in the night. I noticed that the beard is coming back. Are we cooling it on the stash? Do you think, or are you going to bring it, (laughs) bringing it back? (laughs) No. I don't know if I want. I, should, I'm gonna yeah. sh- I feel like I show you the picture again. Tomorrow I'm gonna shave too. Just shave the mustache. the mustache. Wear some more rings. Wearing some more rings. Yeah, that's the that's the goal this year. Is the wear resolution rings. get yeah. some get my ring game up? No, mm. I'm gonna go shave all this off except for the mustache. Oh yeah, again. Yeah, let it grow back in a little bit. It's just been. I was a, a, on vacation basically. I was out of town for a week and yeah. Yeah, it was just really scruffy. Yeah, for the week I trimmed it up a bit, so I didn't have you much. Trimmed yours beard. up, Mark. Yours is yeah, it's yeah. a little short. Yeah, it's a little shorter than normal. I was reading. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm bored uh, in life, oh. and uh, right. with my look, and uh, I thought <laughs> we don't have time for more questions. No, <laughs> yeah, let me. I want to talk about myself for a little while. <laughs> um, <laughs> thanks for watching any trim you can check out here. Uh, anyways, more about me. Uh, <laughs> I was, I want to grow my hair, but, but then I don't. And I'm like, I don't know if I have the right face shape to do this. So I did some research on face shapes and, uh, yeah. turns out there is a whole, there's a, a whole set of rules for the type of hair and or beard facial hair you should have yeah. as a man for your particular face shape. Yeah. Um, which I, I knew that there were some out there, uh, and I had looked at this a little bit in the past, but I was looking at it and, uh, I have a diamond shaped face where the you know, forehead yeah. is more narrow, wide cheeks, and then pointier here. And it was saying, uh, basically saying you, you need some type of beard to fill in that weird pointy jaw. <laughs> 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 they recommended a half inch okay. and I, I felt sympathy coming from the internet. They're like, sorry about your face shape, man. <laughs> like yeah. di- they're like, if you're not square, and then, but then they gave some examples of diamond face shape, uh, diamond faced shaped men, and I felt like I was in good company. This was uh, your Chris Hemsworths, yeah, your Jason Momoa, yeah. Um, who else was it? Uh, was it Chris? No, Chris Pine was square. Brad Pitt was square. Um, but I'm like, this can't be that that bad. But then. Like they have you measure your forehead and then measure your cheeks. And I think I'm a severe diamond. <laughs> I think that's what the problem is. So I don't know. I need to get a, they're like, keep your hair long in the sides, a little, you know, up on the top. They're basically like, whatever you're going to do is not going to help much. You know, <laughs> that's, that's what it is. So huh. I don't know. You are the standard of diamond face. I am the, oof, chiseled <laughs> and, the and unmanageable. <laughs> uh, I've been looking at your guys' faces. <laughs> I want to measure you. <laughs> I'm yeah. a triangle. Are you, are you a triangle? Yeah. Okay, so you've done this. Yeah, I'm aware of it. Okay. It's a science. What about you? You try to change stuff based on triangle? No. No? <laughs> I didn't care. No, I, just, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know why I did it. Yeah, but um, yeah, there's a whole... Yeah, I'm, I'm imagining after Brandy said that you aged swiftly and harshly, you began to <laughs> measure things and reassess. What shape? Am I? What shape? Am I? What can a I, mattress? What can I do? <laughs> That's right. The golden era. I mean, yeah. The problem of evil. <laughs> what? <laughs> 
the golden age of mattresses is as good as it's going to get done. Jack's going to edit out all of that conversation. Yeah. Like, so yeah, the problem of evil. We're done now. Right. Yeah. Well, sorry. I forgot to, to welcome everyone to the podcast. This is Chad. That's, that's Mark. Rhombus. <laughs> just, oh, you're Rhombus? Rhombus. I have no idea. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a parallelogram. You're going to want a mustache and a hat. Yeah, you're going That's to the only way it. to solve a top, a top hat and a mustache. And if a monocle could if be you, acquired, could find one, yeah. I would monocle up if yeah. I were you. That's a look on yeah. eBay, but. Right. Yeah. I think with a rhombus, it needs monocle on the right side. This is what I'm, <laughs> is what I'm guessing. We'll fix you up after the podcast. Yes, sir. Well, it's good to be back. Uh, the goal this year is to podcast um, every week. <laughs> Don't hold your breath. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Don't hold your breath. Uh, Chad and I were waiting on that goal just as much uh, yeah. as I was like, what is it? <laughs> well, <laughs> it's tough because we, we lack some consistency because of illness and stuff like that. We're going to try. I would like to do maybe a little bit better, at least three weeks out of the month. I don't feel this pressure to podcast every single week. Like if we don't have questions, like, you know, I'm not going to get up here and just talk about face shapes for an hour. And it's <laughs> not why people are here. Uh, we do this as a means to, you know, uh, keep people connected to Christ. Uh, also, you know, one of my goals for the podcast or hopes is that it would help people to get to know us a little bit. And, uh, you know, over the last couple of years we've been doing this, um, you know, as silly as these conversations are, I think that that's been, um, for some people, uh, helpful in them just getting to know us and, and, um, you know, the pastors of the church, but we'd like to be a little bit, I'd like us to be a little bit more consistent. Uh, yeah. this year on the podcast but we'll see uh, just thank you so much uh just reflecting back on this past year for everyone that submitted questions thank you for uh listening and tuning in it continues to be strong as far as our numbers go we continue to have uh, a, a, i think a, a pretty wide audience and um, we're very thankful for the feedback and just want to encourage you to continue to stay tuned and continue to submit questions uh about anything. Uh, we're happy to answer uh, any question. Um, this year, again, we'll set the theme for the year and perhaps that'll spark some questions uh, for people about how do we do uh, the thing that we're uh, hoping to do uh, as not just a church, but as the church, as the organism of the church uh, this year. So thank you to everyone that listened and watched. Thank you, Pastor Chad. Thank you, Pastor Mark. And we will hopefully see you next week. Now what? Yeah.